Hello everybody and welcome to this new episode. My name is Sarah and this is Amsterdamus, the podcast that introduces you to amazing women from Amsterdam. On July 17th, 2014, flight MH17 takes off from Amsterdam, bound for the Malaysian capital of Kuala Lumpur. But the plane, with 298 people on board, never arrives there. The route takes flight MH17 over eastern Ukraine, where an armed conflict is raging between the Ukrainian government and pro-Russian separatists. Civil aviation is banned from flying at low altitudes but MH17 is flying 10 kilometers above the ground. At 1.20 p.m. Dutch time, the plane disappears from the radar. A ground missile explodes next to the plane and rips it apart. No one on board survives. My guest for today, Ria van der Steen, was personally affected by this tragedy, as she has lost family members in the crash. But she is also the one that dares to speak up against the people that are responsible for this. Welcome, Ria van der Steen. Thanks for being with me today. Yes, thank you. Could you please explain what is MH17? Yes, I can uh, explain that. Uh, the MH17 is a plane that was um, uh, did, that didn't crash by accident, but uh, was a plane that was uh, shot down by a buck missile. And uh, by that uh, attack, there were 200 and 98 people killed. This was in the summer of 2014, right? I remember the news when I had just moved to the Netherlands. Yes, yes, it was in a in a very hot uh, summer, and uh, I was relaxing in the in the garden when I uh, got a phone call that the airplane was uh, crashed. We didn't know uh, that they was they, that the plane was shot out of the air. So at that time. We thought maybe it's an accident. And uh, so I remember that day very well. Yeah. Could you please explain the setting and the region where that happened? What were the conditions there? How and why did it happen? Yeah. Well, um, the plane uh, left uh, from Amsterdam to uh, Kuala Lumpur uh, with a lot of people who were going on holiday. Uh, and uh, the plane was shot down above uh, the Ukraine. Uh, there was a, a fight going on between uh, Ukraine and uh, uh, and and Russia, and um, well, they decided to, in that war to shut down the plane. It was the time when there was already a war going on in East Ukraine when Russia had already occupied certain territories, but it is very important to say that MH17 was a passenger plane. It was a passenger plane, yeah. And we really don't know if um, if they knew. Yeah? So that's, that's the question. You had family members on this flight. They were on their way to spending a vacation together. Could you Please explain what the days were like after that you had received the horrible news. 
Yes. Um, uh, first of all, my parents uh, sat in a plane with their grandchildren. They were going on a holiday to Borneo. Um, well, the days after we got the news, they were really, yeah, it was terrible, really. <laughs> um, uh, at that time, you know, it was so unbelievable that we, yeah, so we got scared and anxious, uh, terrified is maybe the, the best word. Uh, because we also didn't know what really happened in the air. So we were, we were waiting for some news. And, um, uh, and then on the television, there were extremely uh, terrifying videos and photos uh, all around. So I remember I was, I was yeah, it was chaos <laughs> uh, at home, but also in all, with, with all the families. The news was so uh, uh, confrontating uh, that it, it, yeah, it makes everybody feel, um, maybe I don't know the right words. Um, it was chaos, but also very quiet inside. I remember this feeling after the news broke that MH17 had crashed. It was almost like the entire country was in shock. It was so awfully silent. And at the same time, there were these horrible pictures and videos in the media, which I do not support at all, because I very much believe this traumatized people even more, all these brutal details about the airplane and the victims. How did you experience what the media did and, and what the government did afterwards? What was that like for you? Well, <clears throat> um, what the media did was uh, showing all these awful pictures and videos. Uh, but that was also what we wanted at the first time eh, in the beginning, because we wanted to see what was happened. Uh, but I, I got extremely, well, maybe we call it strange, because I was searching all night to all those videos, looking if I could, could see my parents or... Uh, um, when I, now, when I th think about it now, uh, it was very crazy to sit all night watching all those uh, videos. Uh, after that, I got uh, um, uh, a lot of nightmares. Uh, and that kept on for about uh, two years, I, I guess. Uh, not only because of the pictures, but, but, but your mind is... Uh, doing all those, yeah, your mind is, is making um, strange moves when you have seen all those uh, awful uh, pictures. Uh, but when I look at the government, I, I, I think they did very well because it was also, um, uh, it was new for them. They didn't know what to do. They they didn't had the chance to go uh, to the um, uh to the crash site, eh? so that they had to wait. And uh, so I think they were in a very difficult uh, position. 
on the other side, uh, the the next of kin, and on the other side, uh, 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 yeah, all the officials uh, uh, wanted to go to to the crash site, and 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 in the meanwhile, it, nothing was possible, uh, and they wanted to. Um, they wanted to have contact with all those relatives, but it was a very big search because who are the relatives of the people in that plane? Uh, so that took a while, uh, but I think that, that they did very well. We do that. Afterwards, we had a lot of help from the government. We have uh, it's called slachtoffer hulp, so it's 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 help for uh, relatives for victims. Uh, and they stood by by our side, so everybody had a chance to talk to someone about what happened, but also in the practical way. Uh, what do you need? What is? What, how can we help you? Um, and the information about um, uh, from the government, yeah, went very well in my opinion. After the crash, an investigation was started. What was the outcome? Who is responsible? Uh, I guess after years of uh, the the lawsuit, uh, finally uh, the just the judge concluded uh, that the people who are responsible, uh, the three Russians and uh, and and the Ukraine, they so called are responsible for the death of these two hundred and ninety eight passengers of the flight MH seventeen, and all four have been sentenced to life um, uh, imprisonment. And all four are held, um, they held leadership position with rebel groups fighting the Ukrainian army in 2014. And although they did not press the button, they were responsible, according to the public prosecution at the end. So um, for me, it was a relief. Are these people in prison now? No, and I don't think uh, that is going to happen because uh, Russia uh, Russia will protect them. They will not hand over these people. So they are currently living in Russia, but as soon as they go to another country, they will be imprisoned. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yes. Uh, it's also a, a, a punishment not to go where you want to go. <laughs> In 2021, you spoke in court yourself. You called out the Russian authorities on their lies and being responsible. What kind of reactions did you get afterwards? Well, everybody was very positive, <laughs> um, especially my family. They, 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 they were very proud that I was the first one of the next of kin that uh, could speak in court uh, and that I started in uh, Russian. Yeah? I uh, I make the pronouncement from uh, Solzhenitsyn uh, that says uh, they lie and we know that they lie and they know that we know that they are lying. So I started that in, 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 in uh, Russian uh, and I got very much... Uh, Emails, uh, WhatsApp, phone calls. Uh, yeah, everybody was impressed by uh, by my speech. You spoke about the support that you received from the Dutch government, but as not 
all the victims of the crash of MH17 were Dutch citizens. Do you know if this was the same in all the other countries as well? Um, yes, we asked um, um, uh, about uh, the help in other countries, but it was never uh, on, on any place uh, as good as in uh, the Netherlands. Uh, in the in the in the in the whole governance of the other countries, it's not normal that uh, there is so much support for victims. Uh, so they looked at us like, oh, we wish we could have that uh, that help. So we have tried to uh, from um, out of the foundation uh, MH17 to help other people, but we cannot, yeah, intervene in the governance uh, uh, from the country. But we have given um, uh, some people uh, tips and uh, let uh, our help uh, uh, translate to the, the the languages from the other uh, countries. If you have the words for that, and if you wish to share this with us, how has this tragedy affected you and your life and the life of your beloved ones? Well, my life was uh, turned upside down for many, many years. I, um, I had very deep mourning, fear, nightmares. Uh, so I went into the control mode. Uh, I helped organize meetings and later the commemoration. Um, I get involved at the, at the lawsuit. I did very much, but at the end, my body, well, abandoned me about one and a half year ago because uh, I had a heart attack um, caused by uh, chronic stress. Uh, so uh, uh, physical and psychologic was heavy. Do you feel like the world has done enough? Uh, well, I think uh, the world has done its best. But it's a pity that they don't, they say Putin is responsible at the end, but they don't do anything about it. It's only pointing and, and naming it, but uh, nobody stands up against Putin. You can see that in this war right now, everybody knows what he is doing. And I keep asking myself, Why is nobody doing anything? Also, in, in the Russian regime, in his own environment, why is nobody saying this man has, has got to stop? I really, really don't understand it. There's really a difference between knowing someone is guilty, uh, pointing at him, help Ukraine uh, uh, by providing uh, guns in That's the only thing they're doing. They're not getting getting him. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's strange. It feels strange to me. You started working for the organization Stichting Vliegramp. Could you please explain what that is and what you do? Now I uh, I, I have stopped. Eh? I, I I stopped my membership uh, at the foundation. Uh, but I was there for uh, six years, almost uh, seven. Well, the foundation uh, represents the interest of the uh, uh, next of kin. 
uh, we organized uh, meetings, uh, we, we organized a commemoration, uh, we speak with the government to see what they are doing, uh, to hear what they are doing, uh, to bring them the information about the next of kin, because what do they need? Uh, uh, so we are more like a, a bridge between the next of kin and uh, uh, the government. And uh, they're very happy with that because they cannot speak all the next of kin uh, from uh, so many uh, victims. So, so that's mainly it. That's mainly it. Are there certain events or locations for the commemoration of MH17? Yes, um, we have always the commemoration on the 17th of July uh, in Vijfhuizen. That's a place in uh, the Netherlands nearby uh, Schiphol. Uh, we have there in, uh, a monument with 298 trees. And each tree represent, represents uh, one of the uh, victims. So we come here, we, we are going there every year on 17th of July. How can our listeners support you, your work and the surviving relatives of MH17? Well, I think the most important thing is uh, that uh, nobody must forget what happened with MH17 and never forget our loved ones on the July 17th. Be with us on that day and think about the 298 people that were going on a holiday and never came back. What would you like for the world to know? I will give the last words of this episode to you. Okay. Thank you. Um, I want everyone to know that the Russian region, Reed Putin, uh, is responsible for the downing of the MH17. And um, the men who have now been convicted proven the link with Putin. They maintain their innocence, but we know that uh, but we know that they are lying and that they know <laughs> that we know that they are lying. Ria van der Steen, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> and that's it for today's episode. Thank you very much for tuning in and for supporting this podcast. If you want to support Amsterdamus even more, there are several options to do so. You can check out the Amsterdamus Facebook page and leave a review. Depending on which podcast app you are using to listen to this podcast, you can also rate Amsterdamus there with a five-star review. In Apple Podcasts, for example, it is possible. Of course, you can also follow Amsterdamus on Instagram. In case you would like to give me some feedback or you know a person that needs to be interviewed for this podcast, you can send me an email. The email address is amsterdamespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again and have a great day.